gets here. Time for the 25th episode of Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful downtown Splendid West Virginia, home to some of the most extraordinary children, kid superheroes, a kid space force, time-traveling teens, a kid detective agency. We even have a detective dog. Yes, the many wonders of Splendid are not limited to our young ones, and all the magical bugs that can do so many wondrous things. Giant bugs, too. Beware the bug beast. Some people think the strange, top-secret, for-my-eyes-only experiments of my lab have something to do with the strange happenings of Splendid. I can assure you, that's only partially true. But I do know the stories of the people and places and things in and around and near Splendid. I am an observer of what wondrous things abound, and I bring those stories to you weekly, listeners. Let's get to this week's stories now. Last week we left off with a brand new Time Traveling Teens series. Those Time Traveling Teens return. It's a three-parter. Part two of that three-part series debuts on this episode. But first, kid superheroes Buck Travers and Tracy Thompson return in... Kid Superheroes Double Trouble. Call me D.T., the substitute teacher told his class. It stands for Dante Tackett. D.T. actually stood for Double Trouble. Little did the students in this elementary school classroom know that he was a terrible supervillain. I should have known. It's a good thing superhero kids Buck and Tracy were seated in that very same class. D.T.'s favorite subject was math. He especially loved doubling things, because it was one of his superpowers. With a snap of his fingers, he could double six donuts into twelve. Mmm. Twenty dollars into forty. One hundred lima beans into two hundred lima beans. And one thousand ants into, no, never, I hate bugs, D.T. scowled. Those lima beans sound quite delicious, though. His other super bad guy power was called replication. To replicate something means to make a copy of it. Double Trouble could replicate anything. Anything except bugs. Those nasty little creatures, D.T. added. And when he did replicate something, both the copy and its original image were under D.T.'s spell... That's what made him so particularly dangerous. 
Superhero kids Buck and Tracy were on to double trouble right away. They were whispering suspicions to each other when D.T. turned, snapped his fingers, and yelled, Silence! while pointing at Tracy. Tracy immediately replicated. Buck was shocked. Tracy, there are two of you. Both Tracys spoke in unison. Be quiet, Buck. I'm listening to my new favorite teacher, D.T. Buck approached his best friend, Tracy, and the other Tracy in the hall after class, and both Tracys said angrily, Leave me alone. Double trouble then appeared. Yes, Buck, leave them alone. They belong to me now. D.T. would have replicated every kid in the school and built a small army, but his power took long to reload, and as a result, it could only be used occasionally. Besides, he got the student he came for. He heard of this superhero kid, Tracy, and how she had helped vanquish supervillains like the great chili monster, Kid Popsicle, and the toilet paper giant, and more. I have long waited to recruit Tracy to work for me. Her and her superhero best friend, Buck Travers. By tomorrow, I should be strong enough to replicate again. Then you can join her and me forever. Buck was terrified. Maybe Dad can help. That's when he came to me. Of course, Buck's father... That's me. Professor Theo was a scientist and worked at the local college. Splendid university. He also had a secret room in his lab where he developed loads of supernatural potions. Allegedly. Including the one that had accidentally given Buck his powers. Now that one I will admit to. I told you that story, listeners. I've heard of double trouble, I said. Dante Tackett was a failed student of mine long ago. He's much more powerful now. I don't think I have anything that can reverse what he did to Tracy. We have to do something, Dad. I have a plan. You're not going to school tomorrow, that's for sure. You're hiding out. We'll lure him here. We'll set a trap. Buck didn't go to school the next day. Double trouble did not come looking. Instead, he replicated Miss Robinson, Buck and Tracy's teacher. Buck did not come to school the following day either, and Double Trouble replicated the school principal. On the third day, Double Trouble showed. Right at our front porch, knocking on the door, stronger than ever, and ready to replicate. Two Tracys, two Miss Robinsons, and two Principal Fullers stood by his side. You've been missing a lot of school, Buck, D.T. said, knocking on the door. We just came to check on you. The front door opened, and Double Trouble ran inside with all of his friends, only to find the house empty. Seemingly empty. What's that buzzing? D.T. asked nervously. A loud buzzing noise was coming from the basement. The Tracys screamed, Buck, come out wherever you are. Suddenly, 
the basement door flung open and hundreds of bugs went after Double Trouble and his brainwashed partners. Bugs? Didn't I say that I hated bugs? Yes, you did. Buck appeared. You know my dad studies bugs, right? I was right at his side. Hundreds, maybe thousands of bugs creeped and crawled and flew all around as D.T. screamed and panicked and ran. He tripped, he fell, and knocked himself out. Instantly, the spell he had cast on Tracy and Miss Robinson and Principal Fuller broke. Tracy was back to being one person now, and was back to being herself, as were a very confused Miss Robinson and Mr. Fuller. The bugs retreated to the basement, seemingly at the command of yours truly. I'm so sorry, Buck, Tracy said. You're my best friend. I'd never do anything to hurt you. You know that. I know. Buck certainly didn't blame Tracy. After that, I took everybody home. Right after we dropped Double Trouble off at the new super-villain prison, splendid prison, located right down the street. Boy, I hope nothing ever happens there and there's not a breakout or anything. That would be disastrous. We have filled that place with super-villains in recent months. The next day at school, the kids had a new substitute teacher. His name was Mr. Mustache. He seemed nice enough to Buck, though Tracy noted that he looked a lot like a mustache-wielding villain that she had battled at her old school before transferring. He could extend his mustache out several yards at a time and use it as a predator to catch his prey. We better keep our eye on him, Buck added. Pay attention, Mr. Mustache quieted them and then paused. Tracy, do I know you from somewhere? You look familiar, he said as he played with his mustache. Um, I don't think so, Tracy answered nervously. You look a lot like a little girl I used to teach at my old school. She looked at Buck. Buck looked back at her. Must be a coincidence, Mr. Mustache said. Must be, Tracy answered. Well, last week when we left our time-traveling teens, they were in quite a pickle. Those time-traveling teens return. Part two. The time-traveling teens Hopper, developed by the McFly Middle School Science Club, had gotten Ava, Kat, Dana, and Elliot in trouble before, but nothing quite like this those time-traveling teens had accidentally sent Principal Cooper back to medieval times. It was a big leap backwards for the T-4 crew, but Ava had once hopped all the way back to the time of dinosaurs. A lot happened in a short period of time. Before you could blink, Ava was engaged to be married to a handsome young knight. Elliot had pulled a sword from a stone and was now in line to be king. Cat was stuck building castles for the meager payment of a half a loaf of bread per day. Dana had been locked in a dungeon for befriending a dragon. They frowned upon that kind of thing, generally. It was in that dungeon that Dana found what they had all come seeking, 
she found Principal Cooper. He had been locked up for attempting to put some royal guards in detention. We'll get you out of here, Principal Cooper, I promise, Dana insisted. And how are you going to do that, he asked. Dana was counting on her friends. Elliot, would-be king as he was, could get around mostly and do as he pleased, though he spent a good deal of time trying to convince folks that his new buddy Arthur would indeed, should indeed, be the next king. His plan first involved saving Cat from her life of hard labor. It's about time, she screamed, though Cat was delighted to see Elliot. Are you okay? Elliot asked. Are you kidding? All I do now is build castles. This is lame, she replied. I have a plan. We'll pick up Ava on the way. The second part of Elliot's plan was to rescue Ava. But he and Cat had not considered that Ava might not want to go back with him. She was in love. I can't leave him, guys. I'm sorry. He's so much nicer than any of the guys at McFly Middle School. A real gentleman. And we're going to be married. In spite of Ava's protests, Elliot and Cat pulled her away with them, explaining that she was far too young to be a bride. The third part of Elliot's plan was to use his newfound influence to convince the dungeon guards to let him see the prisoners. It worked. Cat followed close behind. Ava continued to complain that she wanted to stay with Bob. His name is Bob? Elliot questioned. That's not very knightly, Cat laughed. Ava huffed and puffed, clearly displeased. It didn't take long to find Dana. They were all overjoyed to be back together. Dana demanded, get us back home, get us out of here. Sure thing, Elliot said as he plotted the coordinates for their travel. It was time for the fourth and final part of his escape plan. Phones out, everybody. Are you kidding? My phone has been dead for days, Cat said. Hers wasn't the only one. All of their phones were dead, save Elliot's, though his only had a very weak signal left. It has to work. We can't be stuck here, Elliot pleaded as he typed numbers hurriedly into his phone. Suddenly, Ava's Bob appeared. I found you. Oh, I missed you. I came as soon as I heard you'd been kidnapped, Bob replied. Oh no, I wasn't. Ava tried to stop Bob, but he confronted Elliot angrily. I don't care. If you are to be the next king, that woman is going to be my bride. As Bob swung Elliot around, Elliot's phone slipped out of his hand and crashed hard on the floor. The sound of the phone smashing made everyone pause. The T4 crew and Principal Cooper rushed to the phone, which appeared to be broken. Is it? asked Dana. Are we stuck here? added Cat. Ava and Bob argued over which was better, his time period or hers, though Prince Bob really didn't understand. Elliot fiddled with the phone. Nothing happened. They all felt panic slip in. Suddenly, in a flash of light, they disappeared. All that remained in the dungeon 
was the sword from the stone that would thankfully and through some strange magic make it back to its rightful owner. Momentarily, they were all safe back at McFly Middle School in 2019, thank goodness, just moments before they had originally left. Everyone was so relieved, Ava interrupted their celebration. Guys, um, what are we going to do about this? They all looked in her direction and realized that they had brought something back with them. Someone. His name was Bob, and he looked mighty confused. Elliot spoke, his voice shaky. Okay, this complicates things a bit. What's going on? Bob asked. Ava? Ava demanded, we've got to go back. Nope, too dangerous, Principal Cooper demanded, as he smashed Elliot's time-traveling phone with a hammer. Bob, welcome to McFly Middle School. I think you'll find this place a bit different from where you came from, but we'll do our best to make you feel welcome. Those time-traveling teens looked at each other, worried, wondering what would or should happen next. To be continued. To be continued next week as the third and final chapter of those time-traveling teens' return is revealed. Thank you for tuning in this week, listeners. I'll be back with much more soon. There are indeed many more stories to tell. And one day soon, our kids' superheroes and kid detectives and kids' space force and time-traveling teens will band together on one epic tale the Kid Explorers will be with them, too, and you haven't even met them yet. Until then, be good to each other. Keep an eye out for Lucy, the woman that might be living inside your movie rental machine. If you find her, send me an email. Laszlo, the man who lives in my movie rental machine, has been looking for his long-lost love Lucy for some time now. And if you're playing a video game and you spot Splendid Zone, Computer Whiz Kids, Tanner, and Max. Let me know where they are. You know Tanner and Max, they've been quantum leaping from one game to the next for some time now, trying to avoid the villainous Mr. X. Last I heard, they were in an old school Atari 2600 pitfall game. I'll find them soon and have an update for you listeners. Have a wild and wonderful week. Until we meet again, I'm Professor Theo. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Mercy Joy. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might zap you back in time. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.